Hello everyone, this is Khalid Yaseen, this is Midnight Wisdom. So I lost my voice yesterday, I don't know if you've noticed, but I told myself I'm going to record every Saturday and I'm sure as hell going to record every Saturday. And if anything, this is going to be one of the more interesting episodes, something I've been personally looking forward to for the longest time. Because this episode, unlike all other episodes, is going to be about one thing. It's going to be about one thing and one thing only, right? Finally. But this thing is actually pretty broad in essence. It's the possibilities of existence. The question we have been asking ourselves since the second we were conscious of our existence, when we were aware of what the hell is going on. And our ancestors dealt with it by trying to explain things through stories, right? And all most of these stories had some sort of meaning to them, uh, wisdom in essence that they can use from like the generations that come after could use these lessons derived from those stories so they can live better lives. Every every mythology, every story, every uh, every god that fucked up in Greek mythology or uh, Egyptian mythology, it's all, it's all a lesson for those to come. They're not there for no reason. They're there to explain things, in essence, because that's how we function as a society. Uh, not as a society, actually, I meant by when we were, <laughs> when we were sitting around campfires and in a shelter together, the best form of, the most efficient form of delivering information was through storytelling. And as generations pass, these stories tend to condense and condense until you have the pure essence of what this story, the meaning that it's trying to tell you, purely getting to you through that form, right? There's a game, I know, it's called the message game. I remember we played it in class back in school and it's funny because if you have around seven people in the game, you sit around in a circle and then the first person originates a message and it goes around until it gets back to the same person through seven layers of people, basically. And every time the message gets relayed, it comes, like, at the end, it comes back as a completely different message. And imagine that, imagine stories across thousands of years and, you know, tens of generations and how only the most important details get transferred down to the next generation. And that, that's why, you know, this is, this is very speculative. It's going to be a speculative episode. I don't believe in, in anything that, you know, I don't have a certain answer of why we exist here. No one does. And I'm not claiming I do. And I'm not claiming I believe in anything I'm going to say right now. It's all just speculative thought that I enjoy going through. And hopefully you'll enjoy listening to it too, because at the end of the day, maybe one of them might be right, who knows? Maybe none of them, but that is definitely won't be the first episode I dive into this, because this is really what this podcast in essence is about. This is what Midnight Wisdom is about. Trying to figure this shit out, right? And... <laughs> I'll look through the stories, I'll look through the meanings, and uh, we'll have to remember that we're seeing this world through our eyes, right? Uh, everything that we're perceiving, everything that enters our head, everything that we see is 
created to us by our brains so we can actually try and formulate something out of it and interact with it, right? What I mean by that is that every sense that you have and every every sensory input that comes to those senses, they're, in essence, they're only forms of energy. And I talked about that. And your body is a sort of filter where this information is extremely filtered out, this energy is filtered out. And then your brain simultaneously and instantaneously creates everything that you see and perceive as you go. So in essence, everything is a constant hallucination because your brain is literally creating everything you're seeing. And you can think about this by comparing different people together and what they see when they look at something. And that's subjectivity, right? How every individual perceives something in their own way. And objectivity is trying to find the way that we can see this thing that is actually, let's say, factually correct. This is what this is. And usually, if you want to define or determine the difference between subjectivity and objectivity, you'd have to do some type of scientific method testing where you can actually find the difference between what I see and what you see, and then what we all see together. So I could, let's just say, like I could look at a chair. (laughs) Maybe a chair isn't the best example. I could look at someone, and for me, that person would be extremely beautiful, right? But get someone else, and they might look at that person and think they're not that beautiful, even though we are technically looking at the same thing. Our body is filtering everything in essence and showing us what we need to see or what we want to see, most of the time what we want to see. Because what we see is very one-dimensional and there's not a lot of... Like when I look at someone, it's not like I know everything about them. I can see how their hair looks like, I can see their body, I can see what they're wearing. But that's it. You know, I don't know, I don't see what's inside of their bodies, I don't see what's inside of their minds, I don't know the history that they've been through. There's such little that we see, but our brain fills in those gaps. So when you do look at a person, what you see is very limited but you still form an image of that person in your head that you think is somewhat complete, and that's first impressions, and they're very hard to change. And they're there for a reason. They're there for you. Your brain's filling in a lot of gaps, because it has to, because that's how it survived for this long. An example I really like to use is, if I gave you pink glasses and you wore them, then everything that you see would be pink. Now... Like, just understand that your body is a certain type of glass that you're looking at the world through. Uh, And that's it, you know. Outside of yourself, outside of what your body is perceiving, everything is nothing like you think it is. Because such as, it's it's the thing, the thing is, is that our brains, uh, you know, our processing mechanisms, which are our brains, they're made out of the same thing that is outside of us, in the universe. And since it's the same material, let's say, the same building blocks, then it's very hard for us to, to think the, to think about what can actually exist outside of ourselves that doesn't look at all like we think it does. And this isn't a concept that's easy to put your head around because you've lived in your entire life looking at life through this point of view. And to think that right now I have, for example, the microphone in front of me, but the microphone in essence isn't just 
something I can speak into and record stuff. It's a million other things put together to be able to create that function. But what I see is just the function, is that I can use this microphone to record things. I don't see, I don't know the electrical currents and circuits inside of it and how technically actually, I don't know how the fuck we record. I don't know how voice is recorded and saved, the exact process. But beyond that, beyond, okay, okay, what I see is very limited to the functionality of what I can use. You know, if I look at a table, I see a place I can put things on, you know. Um, if I see a cliff, I don't see a cliff, I see a place I can fall off from. Uh, you look at things, you see them with functionality. You look at cars. Cars are things that can transport you from A to B. But the only time a car is really a car is when it breaks down and you realize that, fuck, you know, it has so many different parts working together that need to to keep working together for me to move. But you don't think about these things. We think about functionality a lot more than anything. We look at tools and we think about how we can use them. What I wanted to look is a bit deeper than that. Beyond functionality, beyond the intricate mechanisms that make something work, the actual building block of what something is. And like I said, it was things being arranged from very basic things, the basic level of an atom, let's start at that, and it keeps getting arranged in more and more complicated ways until us, up till now, right? But outside of ourselves, what I want to, what I want to say is that if we look at an atom as a piece of information, and we look at everything as just information organized in a certain way, and then we have, we're, we're that information as well, because we're made out of atoms as well. That means that we're information that can process other information around us. And just like I said, we give meaning to things. We give meaning to light. We give meaning to sound. We give meaning to all of these energies by seeing the difference between all of them and comparing and contrasting and seeing the dualities and filling the gaps. But if we agree that atoms are pieces of information and in technicality they really are, and then they're arranged in certain ways to create more complicated information, and then we reach the stage of complexity where we're also that information but we can understand and give meaning to other information, and then actually interact and play around with that information, then that means that we're actually programs. And in essence, your brain is really a program, a program that you luckily can reprogram and change. But it's a program sort of built on previous systems that we had to evolve, had to evolve on top of that we needed to survive. And that's what makes us human and not just complete robots with rational, rational thinking. Because we have a layer in our heads that is really rational. That's a human brain. Uh, your cognitive ability to focus on something and consciously create. And personally, I think that's what we exist for, to consciously create. Because all of this creation process, up to our knowledge, has been an unconscious process, even life and evolution. It's been an unconscious process of trial and error. There wasn't one thing deciding this and this and this is how it should go. Maybe there was. But if we look at the process itself, it's just a lot of things working together to make something happen. And so far, it's been unconscious until us, and now we're consciously able to change things outside of ourselves. 
because of the programming that we have. And in essence, that's what, that's what a program is in any device or computer. A program is something which is a set of information. It's programmed within the same set of code that runs this, the same computer. And it's just basically information organized in a certain way that can interact with other information that can achieve something, create or delete or whatever. You know, I'm using a program to record this and it's just a set of code. It's a set of information also organized in a certain way. So that's what we are. <laughs> and that's what I'm trying to get to is that we're programs. Because we're the same information that the world is made out of, but it's just organized differently, organized in a way where it can do things to that information and interact with it, manifest things, process things outside of ourselves. And that's what I truly believe. We're here to consciously create. Now, if we agree that we're programs, oh man, my voice is completely gone. Uh, so yeah, if we agree that if we agree that we're programs, it's a bit simpler to... And I'm not trying to reduce what we are as human, as human beings or as a, hum, a human species. I'm not trying to reduce that, you know. It's just I'm trying to put things in terms that we can understand so we can move a bit further. Because really outside of us, if I look at this microphone again, it's not, it's not just the light that reflects off of it into my eyes or the mechanism that records it. It's a lot of information packed in a certain way. And outside of myself, I wouldn't be seeing this this way at all. And what I mean by that, again, is it's just a set of information and code that I otherwise, my processing brain, my program processes it so I can see it this way to me, so I can interact with it. But beyond that, it's something completely different if I wasn't me if I wasn't a living being in this universe. But we are also objects at the same time, so it's quite a complicated thing to get our heads around. A good example for this might be the Matrix, right? This is how Neo would be in the Matrix fighting Agent Smith, and the people in the real world, they'd be looking at screens with just green letters going up and down. And I think the creators of the movie thought about that consciously, and they understood this concept that I'm trying to explain right now, is that within the world that you're in, what you're perceiving is very different than something from outside of the world would be perceiving. And what I mean by that is, if we were to say there was a God, and God was at a different level than us, he wouldn't see anything the way we see it. He might just be looking at a computer screen, looking at data moving up and down, just like the matrix, information. For him, it's just data. And again, like I said, all I'm doing is speculating. This isn't, I'm not speaking about fact, uh, but it's just a fun process for me. So we, we can say that something outside of what this universe is, maybe the creator, maybe an observer, they wouldn't see what we see the way we see it see it completely differently, maybe for exactly what it is, because for them, they're on a different layer that they'd have to understand too. <laughs> and then that just goes infinitely upwards again. God. Yeah, exactly, God. 
I wonder like how he sees things really sometimes. Because if you want to think about you know all of these religions that came and went by, and I'm not trying to disregard religion. Religion comes into this entire process of why we think we exist, of course. It has to be brought up, and I'm not trying to tell anyone this isn't your belief or your belief is wrong. You know, anything could could go, and I have no idea. But generally, we'll have a lot of resistance to hearing new thoughts like this. Anything that will change your underlying belief of how you view the world is going to be met with a lot of resistance. Because you you feel safe and comfortable in what you already think you believe in, be it science or religion or whatever sort of belief, because that's the lens you see the world through. And to change that lens, to change that lens, there's a lot of risk to you. In reality, there isn't any, because you're safe and you'll stay alive, but your ancestors didn't have the luxury that you have right now, with a lack of need or, you know, availability of so many resources for you to use at your, at your own whim. So listening to these types of things, listening to things that might challenge your beliefs, you're going to always see it through a certain lens and you're going to filter out the information you hear depending on the pre-existing beliefs that you already have. And just like we're built on faulty systems that were there to help us survive that we evolved from, just like our reptilian brain and then mammalian brain. So just like you're built on these ex- systems, you inside those systems you have certain beliefs that help or define how these systems should process what you focus on. And in reality, you are the sum of what you focus on. And depending on what your belief systems are, you'll focus on different things, right? And that's that's just how we are. We try to maintain the structures that we already have because it's safer for us. And what, what I'm asking you isn't easy. What I'm asking you is to take a leap of faith and to try to see the world through my eyes, where... I try to see things for what I think they are, at least, rather than what I've always believed them to be. And I'm constantly going to be criticizing my own thought process and having guests over that will tell me, yo, this is bullshit, you should be thinking this way. And I'll consider it, and I'll see if it's right, and I'll argue back. And I'm looking forward to have a guest to, uh, a guest soon, actually. And... Yeah, criticizing thought is important, otherwise we will never move forward. And understanding that our our entire being is the sum of what we focus on, depending on whether or not we want to focus on something good or bad, for example. And I've seen so many people like that already. People who, they're so positive and they only see the good in life, and that's what life end, ends up giving them more of, because that's what they... They give out, and that's what they'll receive again, and that's what they decide to see. And then you'll have someone who's always sad and pessimistic, and of course they're going to stay sad and pessimistic, because they're only focusing on everything that's sad and pessimistic. And sure, their life might not be that good, but of course it's never going to get better if that's the only view they'll have on life, because that's how life will interact with you back. And it's funny, because every single one of us has such a different relationship with life, Really, every one of us deals and interacts with the world that they're in very differently. And how the world deals and interacts back with them is so different too. And this is, religions brought that up in one way or another, as how your relationship with God is going to 
going to affect the life that you live. And you should try to have a good relationship with God and technically have a good relationship with life in turn. Religion tried to teach us so much in such a compact way to have large amounts of people in our society survive in very, very hard times. We're living in very good times right now and we don't appreciate that. But people had it really rough and without these systems they couldn't thrive like they they should. And that's why religion was so necessary. And that's why if there was a God, maybe for us to continue our natural progression into becoming gods ourselves, they needed to to insert religion into our societies to be able to lead us on a certain path. And maybe that's one of the reasons religion might exist. Could be. You know, if I if I were God, I'm not. But I wouldn't have such a short-term vision. I wouldn't think about, you know, I wouldn't... <laughs> people underestimate really how long-term God can think. And he knows our inner nature. He damn well created it. If he exists to begin with, right? So, and this is what I don't get sometimes, is that people people underestimate how how omniscient God is. So... All of these religions came and went by, right? So many thousands. But the big, let's talk about the big ones, you know, when God, and they all share the same history, mythology, and a lot of teachings, and the stories and wisdoms. And the same God, actually, like this is, this is what Islam says. Islam is basically the continuation of Judaism, Christianity, and then comes Islam. And it's all, we like Islam believes in Jesus. Islam believes in Abraham and all of the prophets, and all of these prophets are shared, right? And the reason for that is, you know, if I were, if God were to put a religion in place, he'd he'd consider that maybe someday people aren't going to believe in it. He he knows that he knows that things are going to change. He knows that circumstances are going to change. He and. What does he want at the end of the day? Does he want us to worship him? Does he want us to, does he get energy off of that? Does he, I don't know, does he just want us to survive and improve? Does he want us to hatch and grow? Uh, it's, um, you know, we can't just assume that just one religion in place, because in essence, these religions all came from one God. This is what, the, that's the story they share. That's not my opinion, that's their opinion. At least that's the shared beliefs that they have. And it's just that, you know, it's... If I were a god and I put a religion into place, I know that the people would doubt it and maybe try and change it. And then, what would I do about that? I already know my next step, I'd be god, I know what I'm going to plan out. And then I'd put another religion in place that fixes that. But that didn't end up fixing it in the long term. Okay, I'll put in another religion into place. And maybe that's the one that will stay. No, God doesn't think that way. God knows that people were on a bad path and society wasn't surviving properly or thriving the way it needed to thrive. And he went in and gave it a set of rules and regulation that would help it survive during that time. Up until the next point, you know. Um, but that's just one theory. That religion was placed in place by God, actually, not for us to really worship him, but for us to go on a path that he wants us to go on, to direct us again. Because we're always in a constant flux of balance from left to right, left to right, left to right. 
And in essence, that keeps us in a good direction, on a good path. Damn. But generally, if you look at religions, religions, <laughs> the main religions at least, they tell you, do good, you go to heaven, do bad, you go to hell. So there's a there's an outcome for you. You go here if you live this way, or you go here if you live that way. It's preferable for you as incentive to do something that's that would reach that would help you reach a good result. And in essence, if you're if you're a program made out of information, organized in a certain way in a pool of information around you, and how you interact with that information and the type of energy that you decide to give or take dictates what you end up reaching after you stop existing or being part of the world that you're in. That, that that derives a few things, right? Because if I wanted to think, like I said, I'd like to see how God sees things. And, you know, who am I to think God thinks in a certain way? Because our concept of God for us is very, very limited because we're limited beings and we'd like to th compare ourselves to him because we think we're important. So if, uh, if we wanted to imagine God, we'd somewhat imagine him in our image. Just like if I told a horse to imagine a god, they'd imagine a horse as the god, you know. And some religions, you know, I think I think the prophets themselves try to detach that image from humanity itself. Um, but humans, are, our egos are too strong, and when we do representations of of these things in art or visual representations, yeah, technically art, then we'll try to link it back to something we're familiar with, which is us. But I have no idea how something beyond me can think or see things. And I have to accept that. You know, they're, they're, they're not run by my same motivations or my same needs. They don't have the pre-existing structures that I have in my being that were only there to survive. I'm pretty sure. Okay, I'm not sure, but I'd like to think that God doesn't need to survive, you know. Which is also another thing, you know. Maybe God does need to survive and the only way he can survive is by having things, programs, believe in him and pray to him that's also one thing but yeah if i wanted to look at the motivation of why a god would create us okay and this is really i i personally don't believe in anything at this moment and i'm just trying to figure it out this is all speculation and doubt i'll say that again <coughs> so this god what could their motivations be Okay, to to make human humans to create this world. So it could be that they need prayers to actually get some type of energy, and then be able to survive. Who knows? And it could be that they're lonely and they want to they want to create something, because if God is omnipotent and omniscient, then He can create another God. But if a god just created another god out of the blue, then that god is sure as shit going to be malevolent and going to kill a lot of things. Because it doesn't understand its extent of power and it doesn't feel the personal need to, or empathy towards the things it could create. And an example for that, and this is something I really hated about myself when I was a kid, I went out with a friend of mine, I think I was eight, and we were, we were going out outdoors you know, in the fields, running around and playing. And we saw an anthill 
and we were so curious about it and we got like a wooden stick and we started you know fucking with their with their with their home basically their life we started putting it inside opening it up opening the ground up and then the ants you know they're it's their home and they don't know what the fuck's going on and they started coming at us and we started stepping on them too so I don't know how many ants I killed back then and I think about it now and I hate myself for doing that but I didn't know better I was in a superior position of power and the things beneath me meant nothing to me because I didn't understand the power I had. And if I, and if a god ended up creating a god out of nowhere, just like that, then that god would see things probably the same way too. If I could compare god to how I could perceive things, you know? So within that immaturity, there comes in a lack of proper use of that power and if god was that wise then he wouldn't want that so let's assume god is wise you know because that's the only only thing we can assume if we're intelligent beings like i said then this universe has to be inherently intelligent and that's something i'd like to argue with a guest at some point in the future uh, because we have to criticize thought otherwise we can't move forward Anyhow, so instead of actually just creating a god out of nowhere, what god would do instead was initiate the process for that god to grow. Basically an egg. And that egg slowly grows until it understands and understands and understands. And then it's it gains its powers very slowly until some point it can be responsible enough to use that power properly and this is what's happening to us really and this is it we we came into this world we don't have much power all we're doing is slowly trying to figure things out and we fucked up a lot and we did some good things and we're just constantly trying to progress and slowly and slowly and slowly we're getting more and more control over the fabric of the universe we're actually in so we can actually sit down and manipulate the energies around us in very efficient ways and very funny ways because i have a computer in front of me right now that's recording uh, that has the recording of my voice in front of me and later i'm going to be able to sort of edit that and i'll be able to control energy sound energy and arrange it and put it in whatever way i fucking want and that's that's really dangerous because we didn't have this type of control a while back and now that we do, we just sort of don't know what to do with it. And this is it. We're getting control over a lot of things. We're getting control over our genetic makeup. We're getting control over energy, light, uh, nuclear power, um, speed, transportation, flight. We're doing things that we otherwise personally lack the ability to do. But we find things outside of ourselves that augment that and help us do things we otherwise can't so that's we're getting more and more power over the universe let's say and we're getting better at genetic modification we're getting better at splitting atoms and we're getting better at all of that and we're going to keep getting better if we keep going at this pace and we keep challenging thought and presumptions and all of that Until maybe, at some point, we create something smarter than us. That is the next step in the process, right? Because at first it was just really stupid animals 
and they weren't that stupid. They're just animals trying to survive. But what makes us different is different is that we can create, and they can't. We have fingers that that can coordinate very very small movements, so that we can put very small things together to create very complex things, arranging information in different ways, very different programs with different capabilities. <coughs> and from them we came, and from us something else will come. You know, we're not, we're just a part of the process. At least that's what I believe. Maybe not. Maybe we aren't. Maybe we will improve either within us or outside of us. You know, either we create something outside of us that's smarter than us and would disregard us, or we integrate that into us and then we continue. Because if we do create something like that, something um, like God, let's say, <laughs> if, like God wanted to create another God and that God ended up being malevolent without even knowing that it's doing something bad, just like I wasn't, I didn't know I was doing something bad to the ants. Um, if we created AI, the, the AI wouldn't know that it's being malevolent, you know? And we could integrate that into ourselves to carry the wisdom that we've learned throughout our entire evolutionary time span with us to future stages in the process because who wants something malevolent to take our place you know definitely not us and we definitely we're definitely too selfish to try to get ourselves out of the process so there's that too so to continue um, at some point we'll be able to achieve a stage where we're technically closer to what a god can be, but we also have the wisdom that comes with it of how to use what we know. Because we we get these powers, right? What, what we've been doing constantly, we've been stuck in the cycle of finding something cool that we can control and then controlling it and realize, oh, fuck, that fucked up. And then we need to do something else. Everything is stuck in a cycle of balance. And if we don't maintain that balance, we're, we're, we lose. But this is what's nice about us. We adapt to that balance and we try to find something else to fix it. So what I mean by that is that we used coal for a long ass time and then realized that really fucked the atmosphere. You know, we're screwing our earth up, our only home. And then we have to stop using coal and use something else to, to, to balance that out. You know, we learn from our mistakes, but you have to make the mistakes to learn. That's really important. We should encourage people to make mistakes and learn from them, at least. If you just make mistakes without learning, then it's sort of pointless. I'll get into learning properly in another episode. This episode is about speculating about why we exist. So let's continue about that. So if God wanted to create another God and we're here and since we're here, we're, we're made from a medium. We're made from the same objects that we interact with. And that's technically you. Every cell that you're made of is made from something outside of yourself. So everything that you eat, you literally are what you eat. Uh, there's no doubt about that. So everything that I consume, every energy that I give out, it's literally taken from things I've eaten. And the things I've eaten came from where? They came from the earth and they came from trees that where the medium light had to go through to create fruit that maintained energy. 
that was given off to us or animals that we ended up also eating that ended up giving it off to us. So the energy that we have inside of us is light. And the being that we move through is earth. So we're a mixture of the elements around us that that can interact with the world. And because we all come from these things, every single cell in your being really is that. It's earth and light. So, and earth is a very broad thing. It's a lot of minerals, a lot of compounds, but just to keep it simple. So you are really the earth. You, you came from it. You are it. You just have a different genetic code, which is your programming that you <laughs> grow into, let's say, a small piece of data that dictates a lot about you. So in reality, we are the universe experiencing itself because the earth came from the universe and we came from the earth. And if we're all made of these two things, earth and earth and light, and what I'm trying to say is that my argument for consciousness being united because if we're all, we all came from one thing then in reality we are we all are that one thing and this is what we try to separate ourselves from we try to think that we're not one and if you decide if you thought that consciousness was actually one thing and i will get into that more in another episode if consciousness was actually one thing one entity but it was technically shared between every one of us and for that entity time really wasn't an issue because outside of ourselves time doesn't exist the way we think it does it exists to us this way because we exist really within the boundaries and limits of this time enough time and outside of ourselves time wouldn't be seen that way it's if you go let's say time is the fourth dimension if you went up another dimension, you'd be looking at time as a line, which is one thing, and you can go to any point at any time because it's something that, because right now we can, we could, we move through time, but in one direction. And we move in, in 3D motion as much as we want. We have control over that. Uh, left, right, up, down. Fantastic. But if I go to another dimension and I'm a superior being or higher being, then time wouldn't be the same thing for me. Time would be something I can move through as easily as well as easy as we can move up and down, left and right. So let's, let's assume that for consciousness itself, time isn't really that important, right? And the end of the goal of this consciousness is to turn into something like God. Because our assumption was God was lonely. Or it could be a million other assumptions. Uh, but it's just, I think, comfortable for us to think that we're, in essence, a part of God right? Uh, because otherwise it's too lonely, maybe. <clears throat> wow, this has taken longer than I thought to explain, but I, I want to put you through the thought process rather than actually just telling you what, uh, what it could be. <laughs> you know, otherwise I don't think, because otherwise I don't think there's a point if I just, you know, tell you this, it could be this, or it could be that, or it could be that other thing. Uh, yeah. So, so we got all of those things out of the way. And consciousness right now, since time doesn't matter to it, and let's say it is actually a shared experience, because at the end of the goal, at the end of the day, the goal is to just be one god-like entity. And that entity needs to experience 
a lot of things, a lot of pain, a lot of happiness, a lot of mistakes before it gathers the wisdom enough to be able to use the power that it would have and power that we're slowly accumulating as we're learning and growing. This is something we see in our day-to-day lives. And if that consciousness could... So if I, let's say I have, in this essence, a soul, if I die, then then where does that soul go? If there is technically something as a soul. And if I would argue, I would argue the soul has more to do with the DNA than your structural being. But that's another discussion. And if consciousness was one thing, and it didn't matter, time didn't matter to it at all, then that consciousness can easily go from one body to the next, the second that body disperses, right? But it can exist simultaneously because time doesn't matter to it. So it can exist in me, it can exist in you, it can exist in everybody and every animal and every living being at the same time because time isn't the same thing to it as it is to us. Uh, But sure, I'm separating what consciousness is and what we are, but I'm trying to explain that consciousness is one thing and we're all in it. You know, we're all experiencing life and consciousness gets to see life, the universe gets to experience this world through me. And because of that, and because of my mistakes, and your mistakes, and the pain she went through, and the pain that cat went through, and that dog went through, that's all shared and understood, and and it's all gathered within consciousness. Until consciousness experiences actually, literally, every single thing that could be experienced by any living thing, then that consciousness can evolve into something greater, something bigger, God's. And as we're all experiencing these things, we're experiencing them, and consciousness feels it too, because we're conscious, obviously, and if we feel it, then consciousness does, but we separate that. And maybe, maybe we aren't all one consciousness. I'd just like to believe that because it makes sense to me. And it's just a nicer way to think of the world, that we're actually progressing into something rather than nothing. You know, it's, it's nice to look forward to something. Uh, because in reality, you look at the world and the world is just um, empty, cold space, you know, and sure there's stars burning, but it's more cold than than warm. And it's always nice to know that after the sun explodes in a billion years that there's still something out there. For us, it's relevant to us that the Earth is good now. But at some point, the Earth is going to be history for the human race, if we actually become multiplanetary. But that's me drifting from the point. So that's one theory, us actually growing to being gods. And that's one theory, <coughs> us, us growing into God. But it's something impersonal about you. You're out of the, you're in the equation, but at some point you're going to get out of the equation because what you think you identify with is something very fragile and it will drift away at some point. You have to accept that. And consciousness would be shared in that case until the God essence could evolve out of experiencing every single thing. All right, that's one theory that I really like.
<coughs> I think it's called the egg theory. So I originally continued this recording with about three or four more theories. And I went into detail about them too, so that was about another 25 minutes to this recording. But then I thought that that's not really a smart way to go about things. <coughs> because I already, within the last 44 minutes, I really went into a lot. And I don't want this to be a passive activity on your side. You, the listener, who I'm speaking to, you know, I'm not talking to myself. I'm talking to you. And if I just throw this information at you, you won't absorb it and internalize it the way that maybe you should to see the world maybe just a tiny bit differently. So what I encourage is for everyone to actually, because who am I as an authority? I'm nothing. And these are my thoughts placed together with a lot of readings that I've done, of course. And it's up to you to use your brain, your gift, your thought process, your program to actually just sit down and try to try to see what makes sense to you. Try to see how the pieces fit together with you. Think about what I've said, you know, about the theory that are we all one consciousness? Am I just one thing? Do I want to detach myself from everything around me? Or the fact that you see life through a very, very heavy filter and there's so much energy outside of you that doesn't enter your conscious awareness. And that's true. That's 100% true. But to, to internalize that and understand it, that things outside of myself are really nothing like how I actually see them in order for me to interact with them. You know? <clears throat> to just listen to these as... A pastime activity, you know, there's no problem with that. It can be entertaining for you. But where real growth happens, and that's at least what I aim towards, is it happens when you think about these things on your own and use the gift that you have. Use use your mind right now and, and process what you've just heard, you know. Find points you disagree with, points you might agree with, points you might like to explore a bit further. Points you'd like to ask me about personally, and you can email me. Um, yeah, it's midnightwisdom at outlook.com. I forgot I made that email, actually. <laughs> yeah. So, the other theories that I talked about, oh, I just don't want to flood everyone's brains with other things. And I'll go into them at some point in the future. There's no rush. There's no rush at all. And I just want to see everyone grow. That's it. So after hearing all of this, you get to actually process it yourself. And <clears throat> who knows, you know, maybe your relationship with the world will change. Maybe what you focus on in this world and the sum of what you are is what you focus on. That might change too. And that's what we want. We want to live better lives. So yeah, that's the reasoning behind my decision. Welcome to the clarity of the night. Welcome to Midnight Wisdom.